All right, let's get her going. It's the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. And wherever you download your pod, you can find us. Text us at 590-590 if you have any causes and concerns, including the one that uh, Sammy's leaving us tonight. He's bailing on us. Rome is almost burning here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's going to Vegas, baby. (laughs) Vegas. Yeah. It is an interesting time to leave. I will admit. Totally like, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, if there's a time you can go, it's, it's game right 42. However, if they, if, if they lose tonight, yeah. let's say they make a trade or fire the coach. I'll be touching down. You're going to be. Uh, I'll be touching down in Vegas, checking the old Sportsnet <laughs> app, being like, what happened? <laughs> On camera from Vegas All right. tomorrow. I already got your replacement set up for tomorrow. Oh, who is it? Buddy. It's Disco Dan. Oh, Daniele. Yele in is the he, house Is he coming tomorrow. to sit in here? Oh, yeah. Oh. I told him. As of now, you start warming up like you're Tom Hankey. He did drop okay? a Tom Hankey on him. Because you're going sidearm tomorrow. <laughs> I, t- I told you, like, he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't no, want he's to. No, so. he's good. Well, we'll oh, see. It's up to him. All right, here we go. 11 games on top, including the Toronto Maple Leafs on this edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. in On Calgary to try, to try and shut down a four-game Losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a million places we're going to go in the next little while, but sure. Leaf Nation woke up today and found the Leafs in a wild card position. Is that does that matter to you guys at all? Does that does that? Yeah, it matters to me. It does. Yeah, or is that just a kind of a systematic thing? And you still see the Leafs where you've seen them. As 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 a week ago, Sarah doing okay. Does one week now (laughs) cause a panic on on a wild card position instead of that that comfortable position in the Atlantic? Here's why it matters to me: not because of the wild card position, but because the team behind the wild card position is one point behind them, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the spot after wild card is a concerning spot. Now, by points percentage, they're still technically in third in the, the division. But the point is, it's a tight division. And, uh, yeah, it matters that things are extremely close. Um, I would say it's very disheartening to look at the standings and see them out of the top three. Because, you know, over this era of Leafs hockey and the way the standings have been, it's just something you've been able to kind of not think about a lot. Yeah, it's like you've measured this team against the playoffs and what they're going to do in the playoffs, yeah, and show clearly, me the playoffs. And clearly, it has not gone well. But playoffs. But looking at it now, and seeing them, I'm like, oh, this is this a possibility? Like seeing them out of that top three is jarring to me. Well, I have to say. Well, that brings me to a couple questions. So we were talking about um, trade candidates, and they're playing the Flames tonight. The Flames, for a long time, were the team that, you know. The Leafs were coveting their assets, right? It was Chris Tanev. Like, oh, can we get Chris Tanev? Noah Hannafin's available. And I asked you today, could they get Elias Lindholm? Like, could could Lindholm be the guy, you know, that plays center for them, maybe pushes Tavares to wing the way that O'Reilly came and pushed him to wing? But all of a sudden you look at the two teams and you go, Flames are pretty good. They've won four in a row. And the Leafs aren't that great, right? They're not, but 
things can cool down quickly for them. For Calgary. No, for the Leafs. Yeah. With a win tonight and maybe a point Saturday night, even yeah. an overtime loss. Taking three out of four points into Seattle, a yeah. team that they have proven that they can beat. Now you're five of six points coming home. Is that enough to just yeah. calm the waters down and bring everything back to, yeah, they're a pretty good team and maybe they should consider getting a Tanov or a Lindholm. And mm-hmm. are we back to that conversation pretty quick with a successful next three games? Because the next question is, how ugly could it get? Yeah, well, this if, is the thing. If they lose tonight and, and lose to Vancouver. It's a really funny thing to be like, if they go get five of six, five of six, they're on the road against the team. Here's their last 10. Calgary last 10, seven, uh, three and oh, Seattle, eight, two and oh, Vancouver, seven, two and one. So they're going to go on the road and just take five of six. Do you know what I mean? Here, I, what I'm, I, getting I, at? I, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. And I can, yeah. we're great, only great still halfway through here of the, of the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These next three games look to me like a real fork in the road. Yeah. And you know what Yogi Berra says? And hey, Sammy, hey. if you ask me who Yogi Berra is, I'm going to no, come over there and slap you in the head. Buddy, I know who Yogi okay. Berra is. Come on. All right. He's seen I saw the cartoon. I, I, <laughs> I saw your jacket you're wearing today, and I don't know if you know the difference between Yogi Berra and Yogi Bear. <laughs> you know, I've worn that jacket a million times. It's the first time you ever said anything about it. Anyways, continue. But it looks like you mugged Yogi Bear. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I can put it on for the next segment if you want. So it's can too see. hot in here. It is don't, so. Fork in the road, you got to take it. Yeah, there's a according fork in to the Yogi road, Bear. Take it. So, where are you on? Like, how pivotal? Like okay. tonight, Saturday night, and Sunday against Seattle is. How is this? This is this their season on the line in these next three games potentially? Hey, boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. So Sports Talk Radio is about just kicking around sports, you mm. know? You kick, you're kicking things around, right? Hypotheticals, yeah. what if? We're just talking about the local sports team. Until you start something. Well, and, and, and I don't mean to do that. But I know, what if? What if it goes poorly over the next three games here or whatever, and, you know, they, they don't have success on the road against very good teams? And you're talking about, okay, you know, you need maybe two defensemen, you need a center, you need a goalie, whatever it may be. What would it look like if the Leafs were sellers? Oh, my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? Sellers. What's the What would it look like, hypothetically? Listen, they're going in tonight. I'm not saying they are sellers. They're, I think they're buyers. They're, they're to J, oh my JB's God. point, okay, asking, they, they've got... A four-game losing streak going into tonight. If it turns into a, get ready for this. What happens if it turns into a nine-game losing streak? Why is their schedule that hard after that too? Double double Jets, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, All-Star break. Ah, none of those teams have been any good. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me. 
It's a fair where, question. Where, where, okay, let's say they don't lose nine in a row, but they've lost eight out of nine. Yeah. Where is that question now on on going out there and getting a tan of still? You're saying, does yeah. it change? Well, and, and I'll tell you where this came from. I did Calgary Radio today. Uh, my boy, George Rusick, we were Man. chatting about things, yes. and he said, you know, he asked me the question about the Flames, and they're having some success. And does that still mean that you would want to trade Tanev, Hannafin, Lindholm, all these guys? And I said, of course you do. You know, they need to be realistic that even if they got in the playoffs, this isn't year, the year they're going to win a cup. And they would be so much better off going forward, getting assets for those guys, rather than doing what the Raptors did, trading for mm-hmm. Pirtle, pushing into playoffs as a, a team below 500. Well done, Borny. Thank you. Very and well And then done. you've got nothing to show for it when you should have made those moves when you had the chance to move them. And all of a sudden, I had this epiphany. Is It's not impossible that the Leafs could be there if things went poorly enough for a stretch of game. So I was thinking what it would look like if they were to trade Mitch Marner, TJ Brody, Tyler Bertuzzi, and all of a sudden you have Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, the assets you got back from all these guys. Are you better positioned in the years ahead to win a cup? <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? It's not your fault, this conversation. You're the guy from Goodwill Hunting? No. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, We've had a lot of guests. I've done this for quite a while, even through television over the years. I can't recall too many times when I was just like had a whoa moment. Mm. Our buddy Bukala, oh, our pro scout yesterday, really gave me a whoa moment. Books started this yesterday where he said what if it's so bleak that you you can't throw and and chase whatever you have for more assets what if this is not the year to chase it what if it's not the year to chase it like you've already as we have alluded to kyle dubas didn't leave a lot for bread tree living and if if the season and maybe the next four or five games looks not in your favor, mm-hmm. are you still having a conversation to give up a first rounder for well, Chris that, Tanner? You're talking about giving up Cowan or Minton, a first rounder. You know, I just read uh, an article by Dom Lecision on the way in here that one of the things was TJ Brody. He was one of the best at defending the blue line last year. And statistically, this year he's bottom 10 in the league and he was. Great at retrievals this year. He's a bottom puck retrieval guy. Yeah. So all of a sudden, a guy you counter on is not good. When the core four are off the ice, your depth guys are you know well below 50%. Like in the past years, they've been above it in terms of scoring chances. So, yeah, there's some things that make you go, do you want to chase it this year? Now, well, I want to be good. very clear that I think anytime you have the elite talents, the Leafs do. And they're in their prime. And, you know, you've seen what a bunch of these guys can do. In a year, anyone can win. I think they're more likely this year to win the Stanley Cup than miss the playoffs if you kept everything the same. I really do. I think it's more likely. So I'm not saying they should sell. But it's worth entertaining the thought, the exercise. What does it look like if you were to do those things? Okay, let's go to our uh, the president of the Leaf fa- I- fan club here and just say optically, how is your fan base? I don't even begin to wonder what, Bay Street would think about watching the Leafs say, this is the year we're not going to be all in. Right. I, I think there's a pretty strong, not the right, apathy is not the right word, but 
sort of a disdain towards this group, and I don't think that Willie contract helped anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's the spoiled guy narrative is still out there big and maybe worse than it's ever been. Yeah. And doing a shake-up to the core and having different people come in and trading away guys that have been here for a long time, I don't think that's going to be as badly received as some people might think it would be. Right. Like, I do think there is some credence to them being like, it's time that this changes a bit. And I think people would be a lot more receptive than I think you may think. Yeah, just move on. Go ahead if you have something. You go ahead. I I was going to say that. But like Marner and Brody, like those are like, that's, you know, that's changes your whole thing. That's changing the whole thing, which this whole thing hasn't worked particularly great. No. As we all know. Yeah. So. And, you know, Marner, I mentioned because he has a year and a half left. You give someone two playoff runs as values through the roof. I was, the one thing I do believe is that if you think you're in the pack of teams from the fifth best team to the 12th best team, you know, somewhere in that sort of pocket, you're taking your chances on Joe Wool as the goalie. You're hoping to, to against all hope that he comes back and he can do it. You're not trading an asset to improve from ninth to seventh or whatever. You're just kind of hoping he can be the guy without Listen, spending there. We, we've covered the Leafs for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, that small window of Joseph Wall's play before he got hurt was the type of play that teams can climb on the back of and ride into a, a, and if a he's first, hurt a second struggles, round win, right? That's shrug, how, shrug it off and go. That's how good he was. Yeah. And like we've alluded to multiple times, he was in the middle of one of the greatest least regular season performances of the last five years when his ankle exploded. Yes. He was unbelievable. So, if, so good. If, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, do you want to just get a little bit of a sample size of how good he can get, how quickly? And again, I'm thinking it's like against all odds here that a guy can be off for two months with a high ankle sprain and then come back and hit that mark that he had before he got hurt, especially when you're dealing with inexperience and especially when you deal with a guy that has been prone to these type of injuries before. Mm-hmm. But do you want to see a Joseph Wall back before you make any definitive decisions on which way you want to go with the trade deadline? I just think that where they are is changing my tune from <clears throat> you can't trust a guy who's played 15 games this season is 23 and has had a lot of injuries to – I don't think you spend the asset to shore up the position and you at least cross your fingers and just hope, you know, with that position. There's a few, you're not good enough to say we have to patch all five holes and spend to whatever. You may want to improve still. You may want to add a defenseman here, there, or whatever, a sealer, walker, or something like that. But I just feel less confident about the idea that they're going to go sell the farm to to really push the chips in. And. Living has said in multiple different platforms that he's not really a trade deadline guy, that he doesn't love it. So either way, like selling off may not happen or an adding may not happen. Like he doesn't right. love to use the trade deadline in general. He's multi- right. mentioned at multiple spots. So I don't but know. What does this mean for Sheldon Keith? If they don't like moving players, you know, are they looking at the Oilers and saying, we don't want to fire Sheldon, but we also don't want to trade the core of our team away. Should we just make this one big change and see if that can be? Did Bruby take Bruby take over the Blues the year they won? Was did he take it over that year or the year before? I know Dan Balsma took over the Penguins oh the year they won the Cup. That's a good question. I don't remember. 
exactly when he took them over. But my point is... They were in last place. It's not unprecedented for coaches to come in and take pretty good teams the distance. So, Again, I think Sheldon's a good coach. I'm just saying, I'm talking about I, what their options are. It, Sheldon needs some wins here in a hurry. I well, think we can I all think agree. that's the, where we're at. Like, I, I really, you know, I'm not going to say I want it because I don't think that's going to change anything, really. Like, in my, if you, gun to my head, ask me, are they going to take off if Craig Brube is of the, the coach of this team? My answer would be probably not. Like, I really think they kind of are what they are. But at the same time, it's pro sports and the optics of this with a team that's supposed to be really good, you lose seven or eight in a row with the Leafs. Yeah. And you've been here for a long time. It's going to get louder and louder here. So that brings me to the next question. If, if in fact, that what you are suggesting could be more reality in a quick hurry on this might not be the year to push your chips in yet again. And now you go into the summer. And again, I, I don't know what momentum is there. Is it a, is it a quiet first round exit? Is it you won a round and now you lost in the second? I can't, where is that, that cut line? Where is that PGA cut line where, where, who gets to decide moving forward? Is it like Brendan Shanahan's been here 10 years, guys? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So where is the cut line on him on if if you're going to potentially be in a position to sell a few pieces and then move a big name like Marner? Mm-hmm. Is Brendan doing that? Is it, Does he get the green light from Leaf Nation to suggest that I can tweak this, I can get us back in, or we kind of got to regroup and start again, but I'll I'll give you a, a championship in two or three years. Like, yeah. where's Leaf Nation on Brendan Shanahan making these changes moving forward? Because the one thing about Brendan Shanahan for the last 10 years is it's really, it's really been from the moment he was hired up until this point where, like, he's not... He's not called an audible on anything. No. It's not. He's never That's gone. Defining he's things. never gone to a plan B. Uh, that is the defining traits. So You're talking about a plan B. Does yeah. Brendan get a chance to, for the first time to come back to the fan base and go, yeah, it didn't quite work, but we've got a new plan and we're going to change the Marners or anyone else here and give me an, another chance here because I'm the guy to do it. I mean, that's a great question. I do think that how it goes in the playoffs um, matters a lot because the thing you're talking about, the plan A, was that this group, this core group, will pull them through. Double down, triple down. Quadruple down. Yeah. This Willie Nylander gets signed, quadruple down. Yeah. So he's faced that question so many times after a playoff loss and said, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen. It's not like you can say, okay, now he's tried trying plan B. Let's see if the second option works out. He's had the chance to do it so many times that it's, I don't know, it would be tough to see how that, it, it going that way, Kep, I guess. It's it just tough for me to imagine them saying, okay, you've been stubborn with this for 10 years, but now we're going to see if it works the other way now that we've lost eight straight round times in the early playoffs or whatever. I don't know. 
I think Brendan Shanahan's name has been mentioned more by Leaf fans in the last little while than I remember it well, being talked about. The plan is about. supposed to be culminating now, the best well, of it, right? I think when you bring in a new general manager and you sort of keep everything pretty similar, people's kind of antennas have gone up, right? Like mm-hmm. with Dubis, you could kind of – you knew Shanahan was in charge, but Dubis was big, tied to the core four, we can and we will, or whatever. But when they bring in another guy – and it's just exactly the same the way other than, you know, them adding snot, whatever, that really has not been very snotty. No. They've been quite healthy, in fact. Their <laughs> nose has not been running much. But, you know, it's yeah. when it's exactly the same, I think people are starting to be like, well, okay, well, then really I guess we don't know who, do know who's in charge here. We do know that another loss, you know, in April this year will mean something in terms of major change. Like – whether from January to April, that means Sheldon Keefe or that means Marner or Nylander or Matthews or whoever, Tavares, or it means Shanahan or whatever, there's going to be major change if they don't have success at this point. So do they not but then... Is there, does, does Shanahan have another year on his deal? Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. M- multiple years. But we've, set, we've had this conversation for four straight years. Yeah. And you're like, surely this will be the year, but will it? Surely. Right? <laughs> like, I've, I had but, this conversation after the Hab series. That was but here's, three playoff failures ago. But here's a thought on that, which is the best way to deflect some of that heat would be to change before a failure and say, we're trying, we're going to go in another direction. We're going to, you know, we're able to get a first and a prospect for this guy and we're able to get a first for this guy. You know, you, you look at what... You know, D-men go at the deadline, and what a guy like Bertuzzi would—I don't know what Bertuzzi would have gone for last year. The first, yeah. You know, like you look at the hall. You, if you're sitting here going into the summer and you got three firsts all of a sudden, you know, could you turn that? And you have the cap space from a big name. I think you could sell that as a front office a little bit more as yeah. buying time. The other equation that factors into this is. There's a new boss maybe for Brendan Shanahan and there may be a new boss for Messiah who we heard today just prior to our show. Hour and 15 minutes he talked about. Hour and 15 minutes. We got all the inside stuff from our, our, our Raptor boys. Yeah. And like now Keith Pelly comes in mm. and he's the new CEO. And I don't know. I can't sit here and definitively tell you how it works now. Yeah. But I assume that both those guys have to go through Keith Pelly. Yeah. And where is Keith Pelly now here uh, coming in from all those years being the commissioner of uh, European golf? And <laughs> Has he made any quotes on the Maple Leafs over this time? Can we Google right? like, Keith Pelly Leafs and see if anything comes up? I would think if Let's this would be get. a quiet year uh, where the Leafs don't make a lot of noise he'd have to kind of reassess everything as a, as a whole. And he would be the guy who decides who gets another chance and who doesn't. It's funny. Like, if he were just, like, a strongly opinionated guy in the Leafs and was like, we're not doing this anymore. You know, you got to trade. You guys aren't winning with this group. You got to trade someone. It'd be funny to see how that would trickle down. But, I, you know, I was just kicking it around because I do see a world where the cap goes up, 
you trade a few guys, you know, on high salaries, you get, you've got a, a bunch of picks all of a sudden, you still have a couple really good core players and Morgan Riley on the back end. You know, can you turn this cap space and these picks into, can, you know, I, do, do we, can I do trust tree with you guys? Sure. After this off season, like, am I sure I want to living to be the one doing that? Oh, you, you thought it was poor enough? That well, you were... I mean, it hasn't been very good. Like, it's, I, a, it's a legitimate thought. Like I, like I seem to, the guy seems like a great guy and all this stuff, but like the moves he made in the off season, none of them have been home runs other than like Simone, Simone Benoit, and, Benoit yeah. and Martin Jones who saved he, him. He's going to be the guy. I know. You know, it's too, he That's, hasn't I'm, had a I'm chance. Not, I'm not saying he's, I'm, I'm asking myself that question. Yes, I, I if I point. want that to be the, so. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a worthwhile you point, gotta, but he uh, is going to be the guy. No, it's, before you ask the tree living question, you ask the Brendan Shanahan question because if if it's Brendan, it's Brad. If it's not Brendan, there's a very good chance it might not be Brad because all bets would be off on then who's the new guy coming in. Well, it's funny because when Brendan took the job of president here, president didn't mean what it's meant, what it means now a yeah. decade later, where Gorton is the guy behind Hughes and Rutherford's the guy behind Alvin. Like the president felt more like a guy who was in business, not in hockey. Now the president job feels more tied to hockey than it did 10 years ago. Yeah. So. Listen, I, I think the one thing that I've gotten out of this season is, again, where the Winnipeg Jets, I've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he's supposed to be this core guy and a leader and a top three guy who's going to make eight, nine million dollars. They got to trade him. Think about the pieces that they got for a guy who who they traded for at at, at a weakness. Oh, I'm not like saying. I'm just saying. Velarde and Ayafalo. Ayafalo yeah. was a very popular guy in L.A. They loved him, yeah. and now they love him in Winnipeg. But and, getting and Kumpari, who was a, a yeah. first round pick plus a second in that trade, like those are <laughs> that's a haul. Though, that's a haul. Yeah, that's a haul. And that changes. Is Mitch Marner worth less than that? I don't oh think so. Oh my gosh, more. Yes, more. So you know, it's. But so is Willie. Yeah. I'm you know. not with that anchor contract. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you start thinking. But that's a major commitment, and that is, without a doubt, a plan B. But you gotta, you gotta get there. Yeah. You know. I just you know the we, the one thing that we do find with the show is that. The conversations that people have off air with us tend to be worth having on air. Like your hockey dressing room, uh, some of this came from talking to a buddy. That's what his beer league team's talking it's, about in the locker room. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, fans are what makes us do this. I so it's like, but, but the we idea, should have the conversations for sure, for sure. But it really, you know, when I had all right, put some thought in that, and I come in and go, Kipper, should they go get Lindholm? What do you think about Elias Lindholm? And you thought, okay, well, what's Lindholm cost? You start thinking about, okay, you got to trade away one of your prospects. You don't have any picks. You traded that guy away, and now you're going to lose in six instead of four yeah. <laughs> you know, to Florida in the first round. It's What is the wisest thing to do with your assets? And, can I just say one thing, though? It's like for the Leafs, even if they want to make these trades, they cannot make them like they've made the last few years, which has been a disaster, and that's giving up top picks for rentals mm -hmm. it is the felino thing and for the life of me i don't know how you 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 set up a ryan o'reilly trade and you don't have 
a commitment that he is staying and re-signing. Yeah. You cannot trade. You can still trade for Chris Tanov. Mm-hmm. He's got to be staying here. You better, you better make sure that he's the contract's done on the extension and he's going to be here for the next two or three years. You know, you look at what Tampa Bay did and getting Brandon Hagel cost them a lot, but they got him for years. Leafs right? were in on that, remember? Yeah. And, That's a what if. And No kidding. And, you know, the Leafs also did really well in, like, the Jake McCabe trade because you get him for years cheap. And they would have they had Lafferty, like, too. Did oh, they, yeah, that'd be nice to have. Like, you're, you're talking about Lindholm coming. Like, Ryan O'Reilly would have been a difference maker on and off the ice for this team. Yes. This year. Oh, yeah. Right? Big time. And... Did they just assume he was going to stay? That I don't know. That, you know, I don't know when and how that would have come together, but, I mean, a couple of nice pieces at the time. Jeez. Well, okay. Do we, wanna... to, we should probably break to get to Francis. He's none of our clips. That's okay. We <laughs> That's way better than what Keith had to say. Yeah. No Kippers, Clippers. Have, have Kipper Clippers ever been shut out before? <laughs> that might be the first time Blanked. ever. Yeah. Just wow. like Tavares. Oh, oh God, Lord. Lady. I got to Positive. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, as uh, JB alluded to, Eric Francis, who does a terrific job on Sportsnet uh, and Sportsnet.ca, will join us to help us tee up Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Calgary Flames tonight. Back after these words. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Calgary Flames are hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, which means we get the expert out of Calgary on. Eric Francis joins us now, senior columnist, one of the best writers on sportsnet.ca. Unless I'm talking to you, JB, unless I'm talking to Luke Fox. (laughs) Whoever is on the show is the best writer on sportsnet.ca. Fair to me. I get it. I get the business. Eric, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us. I'm good, my man. I'm, I'm okay with that flexible opinion of yours. That's, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got two hours of tremendous flexibility. <laughs> um, listen, we're watching the Calgary Flames refuse to go away. And I don't know what that means as the season hits the halfway point whether or not it'll still be a busy uh, trade deadline for them. Will it not? Who's resigning? Who's who's yeah. staying? Who's going? Where, where do you see this thing going other than maybe a legitimate shot of making the playoffs? Well, I, I do think they have a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. I think they're a good enough team to make the playoffs. But it always comes with this great big giant asterisk, which is, you know, what's going to happen before March 8th? I mean, obviously, they've got significant issues to resolve in terms of whether or not they're going to sign Noah Hannafin. And my intel is telling me they're pretty close. You know, I mean, I think that's something they definitely would like to do. Wow. Um, you know, and then if you're going to sign him, would you maybe want to sign Chris Tanev as well and solidify a real good, you know, top four, top five defensive group? And then, you know, I think Elias Lindholm is gone, as good as gone. I mean, the asking price for him is astronomical, and I, I think it's a non-starter. So he's on the move out. So, again, they're moving in a great direction. They've been fantastic for about a month now, um, and they've got tremendous depth. They're inserting all these youngsters from their their minor league team that are looking really good. Like, the future is looking bright, except for you might be missing two or three significant pieces 
uh, when it comes to crunch time. So that that kind of moves over over the full club for a lot for the next little while. And how do you where do you stand on that direction as a team that sort of seems to be trying the we would like to trade the assets and make playoffs and see what happens sort of card. Do you think it should be a massive sell-off or do you think that, that it makes sense to kind of play this down the middle of it? Yeah, Francis, I, I, I ask the, you this because we're down. talking about the Leafs here and I can't, we're starting to see a lot of parallels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you play it down the middle in Calgary, but that's, that's what drives Calgarians crazy is because this team has been in the mushy middle for 30 years, guys, the 30 years I've covered right. them. Like they're, they're always finishing, you know, barely in the playoffs or barely out of the playoffs, and that gets you nothing in terms of really good draft picks. So people in this city, are, there's a, there are a lot of people, uh, probably the loudest ones, who are saying, tank, tank, tank. But I can tell you that ownership and Craig Conroy are not interested in tanking now or anytime soon because they believe in the importance of maintaining a solid winning culture, a culture that's always striving to win and not one that's willing to take steps backwards with an eye on hopefully getting, you know, several steps forward eventually. So I, I think that they are going to, I think they can, and I think they want to play it down the middle where, yeah, they're going to lose their number one center. But with the depth in the organization, all these youngsters that they've really done well to integrate in their lineup, they think that they could still have a chance of making the playoffs this year. Uh, so it, it is one of those things where you're playing it right down the middle from now right until March 8th and beyond. Always nice when uh, players step up and give you more than maybe you might have expected. I got to admit, uh, Eric, uh, Sharon Govich, I wouldn't have known this guy if I got, if I ran him over with a Zamboni. And I'm watching him the other night score the, the game winner on an absolute rocket. But, you know, talk about a guy that I think Calgary Flames weren't too happy at the time getting when they lost Toffoli to him? Well, Toffoli was on their top line last year. They got like 37 goals. He was their leading point getter, which was a bit of an anomaly. Everybody knew that that's probably not who he is or what he is. And he his contract demands were, you know, he wanted to stay several, several years at, at an advanced age. And he wasn't fitting into their plans for a retool. So they traded him. Not only did they get Sharon Govich, they got a third rounder for him too, which uh, who they're really, really high on the kid that they drafted. But going back to Sharon Govich, he started the year. They didn't know who, what he was. At one point they had him on the fourth line kipper. Like they, they, they didn't know. And he's really, he was really timid, uh, you know, on the ice, wasn't a mucker. Um, I think there was legitimate concern. Like, I'm not sure this guy's going to stay in our lineup. Uh, but once he found his groove and they put him back on the top line, the guy's a finisher. He's got six goals his last four games. He's the only Calgary Flame to have scored in the shootout this year. I said that. Only guy. Nobody else other than he, he scored three or four times. Wow. Everybody else is over. So he's like their number one finisher on the franchise. And uh, they're giving him the puck more and more. Huberto's starting to play better, set him up a little more. And, uh, yeah, people in the city are really excited. Because, really, that's, that was really kind of the – First significant cha- uh, trade uh, that Craig Conroy had to make as the GM. And I think it's good for the organization that it's turned out to be a pretty good trade and only going to get better as this draft pick kind of emerges. His name is Suniev. Um, either way, it's, it's a good trade, just even if it was a one-for-one one at this point in time, because you got a player who's a whole lot younger, and he's uh, already got more points than Toffoli. 
Is there a chance that the next big trade he has to make involves a goalie? You got Markstrom, you got Vladar, you got Wolf. Is it, no, you think, what's the status of the crease in Calgary these days? Marky's been pretty good. Yeah, Marky's been one of the hotter goalies in the league since, you know, right Christmas time. Um, You know, everybody wants to talk about Markstrom being traded except for management. Uh, I can tell you behind closed doors, this is a non-starter, guys. This is not something that the organization's thinking of. It's not something they plan on bringing to Jacob Markstrom to say if he'll waive his no-trade cost for this in the next two years. That's $6 million per. Uh, you know, I, I think traveling around the league on, last week to Vegas and uh, Tempe, talking to different people around the league, there's a, there's a real feel that the value of high-paid, even though they're proven and reliable goaltenders like Markstrom, the market is very, very low for them right now mostly because all the contenders who might need a goalie like that don't have any cap space. But also because of what Vegas did last year with five goalies helping them get to the Stanley Cup final, four of them were complete unknowns. The other one was Jonathan Quick, who wasn't having a very good year. So teams are doing what the Leafs are doing with Martin Jones and what Jersey's doing with with Nico Dawes. Like They're just saying, well, let's just try this guy, see if it works. It doesn't cost us much. And nothing ventured, nothing gained. So nobody's willing to pay the sort of assets you would. You'd have to pay tremendous assets for the Flames to consider trading their MVP. You know, first rounder, probably a top draft, uh, draft uh, a top top prospect, sorry, and a top draft pick at the starting point. And I'm not sure anyone's even thinking about that on top of the six million dollars they have to pay. So I don't see a goalie moving, and I don't. There's not a marketplace right now for Dan Vladar. He's making too much money for a backup, two and a half. $2.2 million. I think he's a capable backup. I think he'll be somewhere else next year. And that's when we'll see the uh, the Wolf era begin here in, the, in Calgary next year. We're talking to Eric Francis, senior columnist, analyst with Sportsnet. So Tuesday night, of course, it always gets billed up. Matthews versus McDavid. And tonight, uh, can we expect Matthews versus Coleman? <laughs> Tw- uh, 20 it's goals, he not- leads the team. Well, that's an incredible story. You know, I think if you want to really hype it up, it's, it, you know, it's Connor McZary they're calling him out here. He's kind of <laughs> been one of their top players uh, lately. And, on, of course, Saturday, the whole world can't wait to see the big Connor versus Connor matchup. That's awesome. <laughs> Connor Zary and Connor McDavid. But uh, Coleman's been like, guys, it's, it's just one of those great stories. Like, they brought him here to be like a third-line defensive stud and he's now their leading scorer. Like, it, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just keeps going and going. He just tied his season career high for 38 points in a year, and there's still, what, 40 games to go. Um, guy's doing it all for them. He's got the highest plus-minus in the league over the last three weeks. He does it defensively. He does it offensively. Like, this guy is – and he's a leader. I can't say enough about Blake Coleman. Like, you know, if, if every team had a bunch of that – like, well, that, hey, he helped Tampa win a cup. Oh, and he sure did. Tampa will tell you, he big was a big time. part of that, right? For sure. Big part of that. And, you know, he they had he had crazy, like, underlying stats there. I think this Coleman-Backland-Mondrapani line, I think, is the best team in the NHL over the last stretch. Or, sorry, the best line in the NHL in terms of, like, yeah. driving expected goals and all that. Um, another name worth questioning there, how's things going for Jonathan Huberto? Feels like he's got things on the on a better track. Yeah, and he missed the last game due to an illness, but he was skating today. He's going to play tonight, he told me. Um, yeah, I think he's got eight points in his last eight games. 
There are signs of hope, right? I mean, uh, they need him to be a point of game guy for anyone to think about that $10.5 million contract being justified in any way. It's a lot of pressure on the guy. He hasn't responded the way you'd hope, the way he'd hope. Um, but I do see a lot of positive signs lately, and I'm not just saying that to try and be all overly optimistic for no reason. I mean, I, I, he's had some dangles of late where you're like, huh, that's the kind of move or attempted move by a confident hockey player or a guy getting his confidence back. He just played with no confidence. Now it's coming, and we'll see where it goes. Like, with Sharon Govich playing as well as he is, and Huberto on the other wing, um, you know, that's the makings of a, a pretty good top line if the last Lindholm you know, pl- plays his part too. So it'll be, it's interesting to watch. Listen, this lineup has some very, very good hockey players. And when they traded for Jonathan Huberto, I, I believe that Calgary Flames, especially with his contract, were expecting a superstar. For the most part, Eric, this team has no superstar. Is this a market that needs one, especially looking at uh, the Edmonton Oilers? Or is it much like a goalie situation where you're, you may be scared to commit ever again, big money like that, if in fact a player's value drops, and that's certainly happened with Jonathan. But like, where are you in that marketplace without a bona fide superstar? You know, I, I think they can get by without one. I mean, obviously on the ice, every team wants a superstar, a go-to guy, an 85-point guy. Um, but I'm not sure that this this organization, like obviously he's the most important player in the franchise. When you're making that much money, he is. He's got to come around. And I do believe most people in the organization think he will come around. I know he certainly believes it. But if you're asking from like a, a fan's point of view, People in the city are so excited about the youth movement that's going on in Calgary. Like, I'll give you an example. My son's 13. He got one of those Heritage uh, Classic jerseys for Christmas and without a name on the back because I wasn't sure who his favorite player was. He can't decide who to get on it. And I think that kind of sums up where this team's at. Like, there's nobody that's kind of like the clear fan favorite. You know, Kadri's lived up to expectations. I have to say that. He's playing really, really well. He's exactly what I think they hoped he would bring. Um, but I don't see many people rushed out to get a Coleman jersey. Um, honest to God, I think my son's going to get Connor Connor Zary uh, because he represents the future and he's had a, a great start and he's in the Calder Trophy conversation. So uh, that, that's how I'll answer that by just saying yeah. it's the youngsters that people are the most excited about now. Francis, your kid is going to have the most eclectic jersey closet of all time with that Team Canada Manjapani jersey and a Connor Zary jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. And, and somewhere deep in that closet, I got a Darren Poopa jersey. Is there anything more eclectic than that? Wow. Uh, I think I ran him yeah. one night in Hartford. Then Brad May came in there and just oh. gave it to me. That uh, doesn't sound fun. Hey, Eric, really appreciate uh, your, your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, always welcome on our show, pal. Thanks for doing this. Hey, always good to be here, boys. You take care. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I'm hoping for the same energy. I, I really believe the Leafs are going to come out as hard as they did yes. against the Edmonton Oilers. Here. I do, too. I do believe that uh, for the most part, and I, I believe this from the top to the very bottom, you're never as great as you think you are, and you're yeah. never as bad as you think you are. There's somewhere where the middle kind of can tell the truth here. So can the Leafs beat Calgary tonight? I don't know who's favored, who's not. Maybe we'll get that on uh, game time with Sammy in the next hour. But 
Uh, I, I expect a high energy game again tonight. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm, you know, this team tends to be at their best, and they have historically when the chips are down, when you think they're done, when they've just embarrassed themselves. And not that they did in Edmonton by any means, but whether it's, you know, against David Ayers or whatever the, you know, the moment is, they tend to come out after those things and play really well. Go ahead. Tuesday was that game. So Tuesday was that game, and they came out like a house on fire. Bertuzzi touches that one. It's 2 nothing. five minutes in on the road in Edmonton. You know, they came out really good. It's, you know, that Edmonton team is good. maybe the, the best team in the league. Yeah, they're good. As insane as that sounds right now. I, I mean, it's possible. So, yeah, you come out with that effort. I expect a better result yeah. against the Flames. And we're expecting the same lines that started in Edmonton, correct? You guys okay with that? You know, I was on the morning show on, on, uh, on 590 today, and I made a s- suggestion that maybe if if it's a – Slow start again for Tavares. Maybe you think about putting him on the wing. A couple of different options. Max Domi's one at center. And then you can think about Mitch Marner at center or Willie Nylander at center. What are your thoughts on the second line? Knives starting with Tavares and Nylander. I mean, I thought Knives could probably use a night off. You know, the best game he played. Did he miss one game due to illness? Two games. They missed the extra one. And then he came back and, and played Pittsburgh and scored an unbelievable goal. Like Gordie Howe Hattrick. Yeah. He, he was the best he's ever been yeah. in the NHL after a couple of days off. I think he's at a point here where a little rest might have helped him. But I will say, more than ever, I'm willing to hear you on Mitch Marner at center. I'm definitely willing to hear Willie Nylander at center. I, you know, you need some new looks here. Like I said yesterday, if there is a new coach that comes in here, that's going to be the first thing he does. And then they're, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, this guy yeah. is reinvented. Like, it's just, yeah. you can just see it already. Um, no Samsonov, what does that mean to you? Do you want to hear what uh, he had uh, to say about that? Yeah. We gotta, I got to do a read here. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, so what are, what are your thoughts then on? My thoughts is that uh, they just, they, they have no confidence in Samsonov. Yeah crazy that this is like such an obvious spot but you know what it says to me is they know how desperately they need to win and he feels like this is not yes. the time to play no, experimenting no. you got to go with the guy that you think you're trying to win it like it's a playoff game. will give you the best chance to win tonight and no one can argue that uh, it isn't martin jones and that's why the lines are the same too they're like yeah maybe there's things we need to find out but we can't afford to lose more games all right from February 1st through the 3rd, all the stars are in Toronto for the NHL All-Star Weekend, and we'll be giving away tickets to the different events and episodes today until January 26th. Today, we have tickets for the NHL All-Star Competition, featuring 12 NHL All-Stars competing in a series of challenges like the Rogers NHL Hardest Shot to take home a prize of $1 million. million. $1 million. Uh, to enter for a chance to win, text in today's code word, SKILLS. To five ninety five ninety, and we have another code word in tomorrow's episode. So be sure to tune in. Today's code word is skills. A million bucks, hardest shot. Love it. God, a little extra incentive behind that wind up, huh? I am really looking forward to this because I know there won't be any like Superman capes or funny yeah. glasses or. Oh, it's business time. Business. Yeah, it's business. Let's it, go. It's hilarious that it's business time, and then they put them in fruit roll up jerseys. <laughs> 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 well, they'll be wearing those at the skills comp. Yeah, fair yeah right? They'll be wearing their, 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 their home sweaters or whatever. That's at the, a good point. At, yeah, which is nice. Right. Seem as silly. Think, 
what could help the Leafs tonight is chasing the, the game early. Instead yeah, not of just go leading. down early. Go down early. Yes. Have incentive to keep playing all the way through. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is the Leafs get a hard time, justifiably so, for blown leads. They've got, I think, the most comeback, or they're in the conversation, yeah. most comeback wins this year. They were. I'm, I'm comfortable with them down a goal yeah. in the last period. I, I think uh, it was Simmer who said on the broadcast that they have eight goals with the goalie pulled this yeah. year. Eight? To me, yeah. I, I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> to me, I want them to get a lead and hold yeah. it. That's yeah. the ideal scenario, is where it's like they finally yeah. figure out a way to hold a lead. Well, I as opposed to had, chasing had a article and t- my article came out for the in the Toronto Star today, and mm-hmm. I just talked about just the fundamentals of standing in the right place at the right time when it's needed most. Yes, that's that's what you're looking we, for. We tonight. talked about Babs being right about a lot of things. That man loved someone who stood in the right place, stand in the right place. It's all you just want guys to stand in the right place, and they could use a few yep. of that, a few yep. of those guys. Yep. After with the lead. All right, uh, what do you got for me on a score tonight? Uh, the Leafs win going away, 5-2. Okay, I got 4-2 Leafs. No idea. I'll be in the sky the entire game. Sammy's going to Vegas, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to see a second. Now I'll watch the first little bit before you I take off. You got your cheesy Vegas shirt ready to... No, no not that kind of guy. Come on. You, you seem like a cheesy shirt guy. Go big or go home, Sammy. Just based on your general wardrobe. <laughs> All right. Good luck, buddy. Bet Thanks. with your head, not over well, it. The show's not over. We still have an hour. We'll talk in oh, five minutes. Oh, we'll see you again in a minute. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. No one's saying we're going away. Everybody's <laughs> sticking around. Good. We're back after these commercial breaks.